Welcome, everyone. Um, this is the very first episode of Rethink Culture, the podcast which shines the spotlights on entrepreneurs who are making a difference in rethinking their workplace culture. And I'm very pleased to have uh, Haluk Chankor, uh, Hor, I'm sorry, with me. And uh, Haluk is a serial entrepreneur. He's the owner of Latro Chemical, Huddle, Cronavis, and he goes by several other monikers. He's a public speaker. He's an angel investor. And as he told me, he loves sailing, he loves kite surfing, and he loves lots of other stuff. He's going to tell us more about Welcome, Welcome, Haluk. Hi, Andrea. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the, uh, calling me here. It's very exciting to be here and uh, very exciting to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I, when, you, when you started to tell what, what I do, I realized that I think I'm getting old to do all of those. I love kite surfing, <laughs> kite, yeah, snowboarding and, and, and sailing and I do mountain biking, running. But it's kind of, you know, that's the only way how you can really relax. That, that's, that's my kind of people. We do relax while we are on, on action. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I have a daughter, 12 years old, uh, that, I, that I, am, I love spending time with her. Uh, and I do live in Istanbul. And the companies that you mentioned, yes, I'm the founder, co-founder of them. Uh, but not the owner anymore. We don't call ownership uh, because we, mm. you know, yeah. Uh, um, I, I like to tell it that I just become uh, a man, uh, the founder and the co-founder of them. But I'm not the CEO or the owner of the boss of those companies. <laughs> so I look forward to diving into all of that. Yeah. But first things first. Like I had no idea when I met you in um, entrepreneurs organization and uh, a meeting recently that you had such a passion for culture, which is a passion we share. Yeah. But like culture is different things to different people. So what is it to you? I mean, for me, the culture is everything because I do believe the future of work or the future of companies are going to be like this. The companies will have their own culture and purpose, which means they're going to become just like a living organism. Because until now, the companies were more looked like a machinery, but within the last 10, 15 years, all the changes happened in, in the world. The companies, the people uh, has to move towards the direction that they need to have a kind of the very strong culture and purpose, the companies, so that they can really survive, they can really uh, give back to the community. Uh, so when I when I think about a culture, I, I think uh, it's, it's, a, it's it means that a company who has values, who lives with values, with principles, and with the purpose. So it's it's again these things: values, purpose, or or the principles are usually the words that you use for a living mm. uh, in a living organism. And, and I think the companies are becoming like that. So the culture sits in the center. It only can survive with the culture. So in, in my perspective, in my belief, the, the, the hierarchical world uh, is, is going to end. It's, it's not going to be that much of a hierarchy anymore 
So the culture will be the thing that holds us together, that synchronizes the people inside a company. And so the culture will be an, a, a, something that you have to have and strongly have. Otherwise, there won't be anything else to bond people together. So that's what well, I believe. Hear you. That's a very interesting perspective. Uh, like I haven't heard this before. So what I hear you saying is in typical organization, which are, I guess, the old style command and control or the more, I guess, mo more modern forms of organizations still being hierarchical. Yeah. Uh, if you take the hierarchy away, then you have, um, you need some kind of infrastructure, some kind of connecting tissue between the people that aligns them in going the same direction, reaching decisions that are good for everyone, uh, defining yes, maybe limits, what to do, what not to do. And, and what I hear you saying is that culture is like that set. Exactly. Exactly. Bonds people together. It's like a glue. That, that, that's, that's so it's not a luxury anymore. It's not something that a company uh, should have. It's not something that if company have it, it can sustain more. No, it is something that if a company wants to survive, has to have it. Otherwise, yes, you are right, that then they need uh, the other version, which is very hierarchical, so that they need people, controls other people. People tells what other people to do. People needs to show the direction to other people where to go. But in, in, in my scenario, what I believe, the company will have that as a culture. Again, it is about people. So it's not something, that I'm not saying that it is, it is out of people, but it's a combination, it's a collaboration. It is, a, it is kind of a collective mind of people, not individuals, not one over another. It's, it's a collective uh, approach of people That is culture, for my opinion. I like that collective mind. Yeah, our, collective mind. Yeah. Um, so, Haluk, before we look at like what culture means for your companies, because I think that the the, the devil's in the details always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you about yourself. So, like, how did you arrive at thinking culture is so important? I mean, I know you you read some books and you were influenced influenced, but If we go further back, yeah, like what were some of the early experiences in your life that really influenced who you are today and your thinking about culture? Um, when I get this question, I always find myself thinking about my, you know, let's say young, my my let's say twenties, even starting from those years. I never liked the idea of uh, hierarchy. I never liked the idea of someone is over someone else. And, you know, managers, directors, or even the hierarchy at school, or even the hierarchy uh, at, at home in, in the families. I never really liked it. I didn't like the idea that someone holds a position or a title that allows him or her to be over some others. So since I didn't like this concept, I was always looking for probably some other options, which I never found until two, three years ago. Because when you are a startup, 
uh, it is easy to to use collective mindset and move together. When you are 10 people, 15 people, it's easy. But when you become 20, 25, 30, 40, then you need to set kind of rules or, or structure uh, in order to keep people together. And in that, in those, in that case, now the world is using hierarchy or, or structural management to, uh, to, to bring people together, to align them. But then I realized last three, two, three years that with the books that I read, with the people around me, with the friends, with the transformation story of Latra, that it doesn't have to be a, a structural a, a hierarchy. There is another way, which is culture. If you can really create a strong culture, for sure, the, the self-management has also its own structure, but that structure is com- it's completely based on the culture. So then I understood the culture is that important for companies. So it's not like 10 years ago I knew the culture is important. 10 years ago I knew the purpose, I knew the culture. But those words were not as much mean as today at that time. At that time, I was thinking the culture is something luxury that the you know fancy companies have it. The fancy companies has purpose. The purpose driven means the companies who are you know that that fancy American rich companies. It was something like a, I never thought it is so essential. But today, I, I can see that the. The, 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 when you're talking about a purposeful company, when you talk about a strong culture in a company, that is everything. If, if you want to use the collective intelligence, if you want to move collectively, then the culture is, is everything. So that's the point that I understood. It is this important. So it started from that I didn't like hierarchy, came all the way down to this point that then you need to have a strong culture if you don't want the hierarchy. And and what led you then to start applying these ideas? Okay, the uh, again when when I, when I was looking for something else, non hierarchical way, I came to this uh, idea of um, bringing agile to the company, the agile management, and I had uh, a very close friend from EO Entrepreneurs Organization, Mehmet, who is the is the expert in Turkey for Agile. He has his own consultant company for Agile. And while we were discussing, we go deep and deep and deep in all the philosophy. He gave me this book, Reinventing Organizations from Frederic Lalu. And then I, I started to read it. It's a 600 pages book. I read it page by page, underlining every single sentence. And I came back to him. And I said, okay, let's do it. Because in this book, it's mentioning about self-management, autonomous, autonomy. So it says there's something possible beyond Agile. Because in Agile, it's great that you work with the teams without hierarchy inside the teams, not but too much hierarchy. But as a company, there's still the, 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 the hierarchical structure. But to think that we have done and what we, I believe, there's no hierarchy at all. And the whole company is being run and managed by the teams. So every single operational decision and strategical decisions are being uh, taken by the collective uh, minds, the collective 
approach. Not one person leads anything. So this team in Latro has power to do everything together. So even the teams don't have a leader, an official leader, a, a title, a position. For sure, there are there is uh, natural leaders inside for for subject to subject, but nothing with title or or uh, position. So that this is this is this is how I started, and then I kept reading more books. I I, I keep uh, talking with more people, and we go deeper and deeper. And now today, Latro is is the probably one of the very first example of a self-management of an uh, autonomous, decentralized autonomous organization, not only in Turkey but also in Europe, probably in the region. So, what, what one of the things when you uh, one of the things that stood out when you were um, highlighting some of these um, parts of your story earlier. Uh, was you recently won an award for for Latro? Yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, yes, we won. Actually, a couple of months ago, we won the award of uh, Great Place to Work, the uh, the rank number one in Turkey. So it was a couple of months ago, and then just last month, we won the reward of uh, second best place to work in Europe. And again, it is so much related that all I explained to you. Why we had this such a high ranking? Because uh, the, 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 we, have, uh, this, we have just removed the hierarchy from the company. We have in, in inputs all the, uh, the... We have inputs a very strong culture together with values, principles, and, and purpose. So within this scenario, the people are more happy. The people can express themselves. They are more free. They can really do what they want to do in their life. They don't have like a work and life balance because they are free to run the business as they want, but they have the same target of growing. They have the same uh, principles. They have the same values. They have the same purpose that they are aligning they are they are uh, synchronizing let me put that word more uh, and and yes when they have such an uh, environment it's it wasn't uh, we didn't do anything to get those awards normally most of the companies who who won this prize is usually having a very strong hr department and a lot of uh, trainings inside a lot of activities to make their people happy it wasn't the case for us. We don't have an HR. We don't have an HR person. We don't have an HR department. Wow. We haven't done anything specially to make people more happy. What we have, what we did is we just remove every uh, bureaucratical pr- uh, processes out of the system, and the people are, are are just happy because there's no bureaucracy. They don't really deal with some stressful. Non-work. I, I, this word is very important. Non-work problems, because non-work problems usually comes from the positions, titles, hierarchies, and the relations between them. That that is that is the that's the problem where it comes from. And usually we try to solve this problem by you know with with uh, giving some aspirin 
or painkillers, but the, 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 the source of the pain is there. In Latro, we just remove the source instead of giving the aspirin or whatever the, uh, whatever the painkiller is. It. We just remove the thing that causes the pain. So how was this culture formed? So you had this initial like, idea or, or vision around a, a non-hierarchical organization, yes. and then you read a few books. Yeah. And so you sat down and you designed it from scratch. You went through multiple iterations. How did it happen? Yes, uh, when, we, when we start transforming company into self-management, the first thing we, we needed to do is to uh, find what, is, what the purpose of this company is, to find what the values of this company, what the principles of this company. This is the very first thing that we did. And we did together with everyone in the company. So it is not like, uh, again, in most of the companies, the C-level sit-downs on the table decides about the purpose and announce the purpose to the rest of the company or announce the values to the rest of the company. And usually they sound very well, but it's not the case that there is being really uh, alive in the company. But in our case, in Latro, it was different. We sit down with everyone, every single person, and we made a couple of workshops, uh, back and forth, the idea, the discussions, and we came up with the purpose, values, and principles together with the people at that time in the company. So you took, and, you took yeah. like, how many people were you at the time? Uh, 35, 35, around 30, you took 35. everyone to come up yeah. with vision and purpose? Yes. And, and it was kind of, you know, there, there, there are uh, some uh, tools for it. But yes, we didn't, uh, we try not to, uh, bring purpose or values that we want to. We try to put the values and purpose that we're already doing. So some of the values and the purposes that we thought we didn't, we didn't mention in, our, uh, in, our, in those workshops because it wasn't us. So in the book, again, it's mentioning about evolutionary purpose. This is something that we're also missing in the companies because the purpose should be also evolutionary, just like a person. Again, a company is a living organism, just like a person. So our purposes are evolves. Our purposes evolves while we get older. So the purpose of probably you when you were at 20 is different than when you are at 30. It probably will be different when you are in the 50s. So it's the same with the company. So the purpose and the values, again, are the things that should be evolved. So we find those things at that time, probably next year or the year after that, the team sit down again and they will change some stuff. They say, okay, let's add this to our value because now we are living it. Let's remove this value because we don't need to talk about it. We already have it. Or we don't believe it, let's remove it. So the purpose, the same. So it's evolutionary purpose and evolutionary values and the principles, which means an evolutionary culture. So the hopefully the culture evolves in a better direction. In this world, everything changes. It doesn't mean the change is bad. It can change into something better. Just like us, we are developing, we are finding our better versions. So the company is the same. The company needs to find a better version itself. So it can change the culture, not in a bad direction, in a better direction. How, 
how did you manage the process of of removing titles? Because you, I'm uh, sure you had managers, yeah, and then yeah. I'm hearing you created teams which were leaderless. So how yes. did that transition happen, and how was it, I guess, accepted uh, yeah. or adopted? It was. Uh, I, I have to admit that it was. Uh, Changing that was easy because since I never liked it, in our previous version also our management uh, titles or positions were not strong. So when we start to talk about this uh, change, it wasn't very difficult. The people wasn't very much surprised because it, it wasn't the strong titles and positions. So it wasn't the difficulty that we face. The difficulty that we face and we are still facing is the mindset of the people, especially in, in this country. Because uh, the, the, when you talk about the self-management, we also talk about self-responsibility because every freedom comes with responsibility. And, and in our cultures, it's the same most, of the, most part of the world, but especially in our cultures, we are raised in schools, in, in, in our families, not to take responsibilities, not to own our life. We always follow someone else. We always like to follow someone else because there are a lot of excuses when you cannot do it when you follow others. So that was the difficulty to change people's mindset to say, okay, guys, now it is your company. Now it is your choices. It is your decisions. Please own it. We are not expecting the full success from you. You can fail, but we want you to own it. We want you to take the responsibility. And that wasn't easy and still not easy that we are uh, still losing some people, that some of them are not liking the system, that they, they will have the full responsibility. So you can find people still going to the hierarchical companies. They feel more comfortable when there is a... Uh, lines there, there is there is you know the the uh, there is an order here it is kind of a little bit more uh, difficult for them but changing the titles or or removing the titles and positions in lateral case was not difficult i'm sure it might be quite difficult for other cases so how do you make decisions if there is a flat hierarchy or no hierarchy uh the decisions again taken by the teams and each team has seven eight people up to ten people and uh, when i say they make the when i when i see how they make the decision is usually uh they don't have to consent they don't have the consensus on every decision so in the team there are people who are who has more uh more knowledge or more ex experience on some subject and they take the lead, they take the responsibility, they just make it transparent to others, but they move on. So it is not like that every decision is being taken by consensus. So there's a consent, which I love that uh, concept. Consent is, probably it came from Agile, but consent is something that someone says, I'm taking this decision, I'm moving on, is there any objection? So if there is no objection, the people take the responsibility and moves on on their own field, which they are already experienced. So we also removed all the departments. 
So we don't have like a sales, marketing, different departments. But for sure, we have people who are more experienced in sales. So those people are taking actions to go which customers to sell which price. But what they do is they just make the transparent uh, to their decision and everyone else can see it that if they have any objection. Uh, so these are the how they move on. So it's not like a structural consensus type of decision making. The people just moves on. The people just moves on with the radical uh, transparency. So one of the very important words here is a radical transparency. It, you cannot run a company uh, uh, autonomously or without any managers without uh, the, the transparency. Transparency is a must. And when you say transparency, you mean all the way, like salary, transparency? Everything. They, everyone's, they just, they just decide about their salary increase just last month. So all of them, you know, they, they discuss, the finance guy said something, the sales guy says something, the team says something, and at the end, they come to a point that what will be the salary increase for all of them. I mean, there's the cons, the, 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 what, what was the percentage of salary increase? Because there's a very high inflation in Turkey. So it's kind of like you're increasing the salary every six or four months. So, so they, they decide themselves. So the salary, they can see each other's salary. Any uh, PNL is, is being seen by everyone else. So it's a, com- this is a radical transparency. There is no any other way, for my opinion, for a full uh, autonom- autonomous uh, move. It's just like cars. Like if, if a car is a, co- is a full autonomous, everything has to be transparent to each other, right? Like uh, if, if it's a brake, brake needs to know what is the steer, what is the, you know, the, 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 if there is something in front of it's going or not. So it needs to know the, every single information around it in order to decide when to break or not. So it's, it's just like the same. There has to be a very radical transparency. But I don't want to, like when I talk like this, I don't want to also scare people that there's two options. One option is hierarchy, another option is self-management like ours. No. What we are trying to do is a very extreme example. We are trying to do complete self-management and a complete uh, autonomous uh, decision making but there are a lot of stages in between so I am always advising companies and people whatever the, your hierarchy level is just start, try to do it less and less and less so just an example if you have four stages in your hierarchy managers, directors, whatever try to make it three then try to make it two so at least move into the agile at least just keep running company only with the C levels and everyone else is on the same level. So, so try to, to do the things as collective as possible. So it's not like zero and 10. There are a lot of, you know, in between. So, so when I talk about why I said that, sorry, the transparency level, it, it, I, since we do the full autonomy and full uh, self-management, then we have to do radical transparency. But if it is scary to you, then you can do it, you know, like a little bit less, a little bit less. But try to be more transparent and try to be less hierarchical. That is the feature. That's, that's what I know. And 
in that system, you mentioned that people need to be self-reliant and responsible for their own actions. Yeah. So how do exactly. you hold people accountable? Like how, how can you tell if someone is not pulling their weight or underperforming? I don't need to do that. His or her team is doing it. That is the great thing about it. There is a, there is a self-control also. How is, it's, it's a self-management and also self-control, which is when everything is, uh, is, is transparent as a team, seven, eight of them, they can see who's doing what. Like in, in, our, in our existing system, in hierarchy, the boss cannot see everything. A manager cannot see everything. But his teammates can see everything. So fire and hire is also at the teams. So if one of them is not pushing, is not, you know, uh, putting his full effort, then his or her team makes something about it. And that team doesn't do anything about it, then the other teams will do something about this team. So since everything is transparent, I mean, like, and, and they have the same goal, which another subject, it's a big subject, but the uh, income model, we really worked hard on it. So in our income model, their income is also from the same pool. So if they want to physically live better or if they want to have more uh, success on their work, they need to push each other either for physical uh, benefits or mental benefits. They need to push each other. And that creates accountability because they tell each other that, hey, guys, let's do something. Let's create the value because I want to create a value either physical or either uh, uh, mental. And then how do you work with things like performance reviews or yeah. uh, appraisals? No. Since given you don't have HR, no, so no we don't have done by by every team. Yes, we don't have performance criteria. We performance reviews. By the way, we don't have OKRs. We don't have KPIs. We don't have sales targets. We don't have targets. We don't have performance criteria because think about this, this this team members seven eight of them, and think about that they are uh, already a part of income. They are, they are, you know, uh, they are having, like, we have 10% of net profit being shared with the people every quarter. So they are part of the income. Uh, and think about it that if they want to uh, approach to a point in their life, they have to do it with the seven, eight people. And then in the big picture, they have to do it with this hundred people. So what happens is it is the best performance review naturally going on inside the teams because I don't believe in any performance reviews is really uh, true or I don't think they are really showing the real performance because all of them either based on KPIs or the people's, uh, uh, people's comments and both is not, for my opinion, very objective. The best objective way to do is is as a bunch of people, you run together, you back up your, each other, and if you find someone is not doing it, you feel it, you understand it, and you warn it, you warn him, you warn her. And if you don't get any response, then you talk about, please, I don't want to see you in our team. So it's kind of a natural way, no structure for it. 
So with that much innovation going on in a short space of time, I think you, you mentioned it took you two years? To uh, yes, yes, yes. Let's say one and a half year. Now it's been wow. almost two years, but yes, uh, one and a half year. But again, like uh, when it is so natural, the things move a lot faster. Implementing a structure takes a lot longer because the structure mm -hmm. is not natural for people to accept. But what we did is we haven't implemented any uh, unnatural structure into the company. What we said when we talked with the teams, okay, teams, no KPIs, no OKRs, no targets, no nothing. How we can do the things better? We asked them. We talked to them. What is the best way to... Uh, to uh, create value. And when you give this mindset, naturally you find the people are very uh, innovative, very creative, and they create their own way. They create, they find their own way. And you just sit back and watch. I'm not saying everything goes perfect. There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of difficulties. A lot of teams are not doing well. Some teams are doing great. Some people are not doing well. Some people are doing great. But the system naturally eliminates the bad and, you know, uh, and um, allows the good to be better. So it eliminates the bad stuff. Yeah. It's self-correcting. It's self-correcting. Exactly. Just like in the nature. Think about a, a forest. Who, who is the manager if you talk about a tree and a, and a barge? And, and I don't know, like uh, uh, the, the, all this uh, ecosystem. By the way, we call it ecosystem in our Lautro too. Nobody is the manager. It just naturally, and according to the climate change, they arrange themselves. Some of them dies, some of them lives. But at the end, when you leave it alone, it gives you the best result. I don't know if you, if you watched the documentaries about Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. Chernobyl is now one of the best ecosystem in the world, the city itself, because nobody touches that. <laughs> when nobody touches that, the ecosystem perfectly re reborns and, and makes the system perfect. You just don't touch it. So it's very similar uh, they, 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 because they have the same purpose. Their purpose is to survive. Their purpose is to you know, give this good relation between them. They have the principles, they have the values, and nobody touches, they grow. That's, that's, that's what, we, what, what you do, basically. And if we, if we look forward to the next year or so, do you see a lot of challenges, a lot of changes? Is the culture stable? Uh, I see day by day it's getting better. There are a lot of challenges. Again, the, the people are the challenge because it's not easy to find people who owns their life. You know, I think the consciousness is getting better and better, but it's very low in the worldwide. So the consciousness for me means the person who owns it is life from beginning to end, instead of complaining, instead of finding excuses, reasons on your life. I don't know if it's allowed to swear here, but I love the word on your shit. I mean, I love it. 
and, and exactly. yes, that is the that is the most difficult part because we have to teach people. We have to teach our kids own it. I don't mean it has to be perfect. I don't mean about success. I mean own it, own your fail, own your success, own your you know goods, own your bads. And when we find people who owns their life, who really drives their life, not driven by others, who drives their life, then the collective minds of the owned minds gives amazing results. That's that's what I believe, and that's what I see. So for the future, the I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be a great culture. The only worry I have. If there are enough number of people who are conscious, conscious enough. <coughs> Very interesting. And are you remote, physical, hybrid? It is again their choice. We have an office. Whatever they do, there is no hybrid, remote decision that we are taking. The teams make that decision. They can say, "Hey guys, we are going to office every Tuesday," or they can say, "We are not going office at all." So it's it's again the teams and the people's personal choice. That's why I am saying it's an amazing level of freedom if you own the responsibility. So as a team, they are just gonna you know uh, create value as the way they want. We are not their parents. <coughs> the biggest problem I think in companies are is we are still keeping the relation. Parent and childhood, just like uh, the one in the families. But in companies, we all grown ups. We all grown up people. So nobody's child. So why we are acting like that? The other side is child. So why should I tell someone work from home or work from office? I don't care. I just show them what is the value, and it's their decision. It's their condition. How can I know it? Some of them will love to work from home. And the others cannot stay at home, and it's again not a constant condition. They love home before their kids born, and after the kids come when when we went to the house, then they love to work at office. So you just give the freedom that they own their life again. They they create the value either from office, from home, from Starbucks. Who cares? And the paradox here is that there are companies. Out there who say we have to meet in person, we have to be in the same physical location because that's how we preserve our culture, hmm. right? I mean, Which again, the definition of culture, of course. Yes, yes, the culture is. I mean, I, I could understand from one point, uh, one point, which is like if you think about a team that lose its energy, its synergy, it is let's lose the culture. They can make a decision. Okay, guys, next three weeks we are coming to office every day. Let's again connect. Then we can be free. So that is a decision too. So I'm not saying at home or office or whatever. I'm saying is let's talk and let's make the decisions according to the purpose together. So it can be a collective decision. Just you know, like a, okay, yes, we really lost our connection in order to gain back. We are going to the office two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's a great decision. So I, I also understand when some people makes a decision that for the culture, let's go to the office, but it is not the way just doing it. 
that means you are taking the others like a kid, like a child. You don't know how to make the culture. I know it, so I come to office. But this is wrong. You just explain the reason, and you be, you 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 come to a point that all these mindsets understands and uh, and aligns together with the decision. And um, look, as we come to a, a close, so if you zoom out and say, what would be some words of, of advice you would give, uh, let's say, a future CEO or a future partner. I don't I, I expect I expect you don't use the word CEO anymore. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> What would you advise a, a partner who takes over Latro, for example? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's say a co-founder or founder or let's say the, the, the yeah. Uh, I, my advice is to keep believing in people because everything starts with believing in people believing that they are grown-ups they can make good decisions even though they make bad decisions the naturally they learn from it and they correct it and the human is the center of everything so we don't create the companies to to give money to the owners you create the companies to create value and to be shared and the owner gets the most I agree, the shareholder, because he's the one who got that uh, risk. But again, have the mindset of that the companies are for people and the companies exist with people. Then I uh, suggest definitely to believe in self-correction. To use The word that you use is the best one. Believe in self-correction. So even though you see some teams are not doing well, some parts are not going well, just believe in self-correction because at the end, the system self-corrects itself to a better, uh, to a better position. And, and again, for this fast-changing world, this is not optional. You need to create such system that the people take responsibilities and moves freely to find their uh, way in this fast-changing world. So, Haluk, where can someone read more about lateral culture or read yeah. more about the ideas of decentralized uh, leadership that you mentioned? Yeah. Uh, the book I mentioned is, is an amazing book. Again, Reinventing Organizations from Frederick Lalu. I suggest that the, the, someone to read that. And for our case, we have opened every source to uh, in our website. So when they go to our website, lato.com.tr, they will find even there is one source with six, seven pages explains the full uh, uh, the self-management organization model, each and everything. We created it in one and a half year and we announced with every detail in six, seven page. So it's there. Because we want more companies to to come to come more to a collective mindset. Just just to at the end, I would like to explain this because my inner purpose, my own purpose, my personal purpose, is that the people in the future will understand that the only way to to remove our problems, worldwide problems, wars, or political issues 
or, or viruses, hunger, all these problems can be removed if we can believe on collective uh, approach. So if we really believe that 8 billion people should collectively make decisions and should take their own responsibilities, life responsibilities, then we can solve all these problems. And it can start from a business world. If we in business world start to pay more attention to include people, to engage our people into decisions, into our management, then it will be, become bigger. And in the politics, in the governments, in the, in, the, in the countries, the more people will involved in, in our future. And then we can solve the issues. That's what I believe. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Thank you for your uh, insights and sharing more about the really thought-provoking, if not radical way you have pioneered that uh, Lacho, Haluk. Thank you. And I will be adding the links to those uh, resources you shared on the notes. Yep. Take care. Thank you. Bye.